Welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the horror comedy podcast, or as Mary said earlier, funny people analyzing horror movies, because we try to strike a balance. Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to talk about Alejandro Iñárritu's 2015 film, The Revenant. Full disclosure, we will spoil this movie for you, so if you haven't seen it, you should go rent it on Amazon. It costs $3.99 if you are reluctant to pay this amount. Let me tell you a little bit about the cast. Number one, we have Leonardo DiCaprio, and this is the film for which he won his Oscar. Right, Mary? Yes, it is. That is accurate. Yes, it is. That is accurate. Tom Hardy, who is the most excellent bad guy. Right, Rachel? Oh, God, he's so beautiful. (laughs) Will Poulter, the weirdly indefatigable. The hot Weasley brother from Harry Potter, who I think is Bill, the one who, like, wrangled dragons or whatever. Even Arthur Shelby from Peaky Blinders, whose real name is maybe... fucking Shelby. Is maybe Paul Anderson? Maybe? Isn't that the name of the character, too? Anderson? Yeah, wrong. There's so, there's somebody who has the same name, and I think it is. Probably okay, Anderson. well, I hope so. I know that P.T. Anderson is a director, so that's that not him. Paul Thomas so Anderson. I'm, Paul Thomas, so I'm, so I'm a little, I'm not my usual myself. trivia self. I'm a little hamstrung because of the way we're recording today because I have to sit back from my device, so I can't mm-hmm. be looking things up. So guys, we so are free listeners, balling. And if we yeah. say the wrong thing... Y'all better shut the actual fuck no, up. No, no. Don't be shutting the fuck up. Don't Tell us that we did it wrong. Don't be shutting the up. Tell us. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, that's one of my most, like, aside from being boring, my biggest fear is, like, misspeaking and then just people allowing me to continue being wrong. Can I tell y'all? No tell So, me. at my new job, one of my supervisors, right? She is lovely. So she's one of those like women that like you would hate, right? She's like tall and beautiful and shapely and like her makeup is always perfect and her hair is always perfect. Like, I don't know. Except that, first of all, she's like real goofy. Like you'd never believe it looking at her. And secondly, she always either A, compliments my outfit or B, lets me know if I have lipstick on my teeth. Yes, that's a real friend. That's it. Like, that's, like, and that's your supervisor? Even if it's a stranger and they have lipstick on your teeth, on their teeth, you should always be like, excuse me, I'm sorry, you have lipstick on your teeth. Always. It's common courtesy. By the way, we are your hosts. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Rachel. Mm-hmm. I'm Mary. That's, I think that's the first time you've jumped me, girl. I like it. It made me feel small in a sexy way. Girl, that might not be the only time I jump you. <laughs> This is the perfect time for your uh, call to action. My call to action. So speaking of jumping our bones, we've realized lately that what we have been doing. Five minutes ago. (laughs) So like what happened was we kept saying like, oh, if you like the show, you should review it. In that exact voice. Uh, They've heard it. Stop talking about me like I'm not here. They've heard me do that voice so many times. That's like my child voice. Oh, Miss Mary, Mary. They've heard it before. So um, if you enjoy the show, we keep telling you at the end of the show when we know you're already pressing like skip, skip to your next podcast. So right now I'm going to remind you, right? So like while you're driving, go ahead and write a review. 
Yes. Right now. And subscribe to us. While you're sitting in the living room with all of your family over the holidays. And they're very <laughs> offended that you're doing this. <laughs> Write a review. Follow us. Text a friend. Tell your friend. Tell a friend While that doesn't even like. new husband is making some really unsavory political comments just go to the next room and look at the time i thought you were i thought you said while you're writing d- a really important work email girl i thought you said while your dog's new husband is making some unsavory political comments <laughs> and i was like if you feel that way in addition to rating and subscribing here are some great mental health resources i can recommend because <laughs> your dog is not fucking married we're gonna remind you again but we wanted to try doing it at the beginning and hopefully you guys will be like "Ooh, they're right i do always skip the end let me do this now that would be great for our icebreaker because as usual we're having a hard time getting started <laughs> um so you guys remember that show survivor no I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm 33 yes, years old. Of course, I remember it. Remember how they were allowed one luxury item, like a magnifying glass or whatever, like one thing? Well, I've actually never seen it. Okay. Well, they were allowed one luxury item. Okay. And I just want to know what luxury item you would give this Rocky Mountain mm. fur company. Easy. <laughs> if uh, you could like give them one. The Super Goop <laughs> Mega Jug of SPF because sun okay. reflects off of snow. Okay. Okay. And like Leo DiCaprio is aging better than he has any right to, but you know, these are for the characters, not for the, not for the actors. I know. This is for Rocky Mountain Fur Company. I know. Rocky Mountain Fur Company. There's no reason for them to survive the fur trade and then die at 57 (laughs) from melanoma. (laughs) What about you, Rachel? Um, um, so I also have not seen the show. So, um, when you s- said in the outline, one luxury item and you didn't give any examples, I thought you meant like <laughs> actually, actual like luxury, not like commercial That's luxury, even better. like a, like a, like, like, like you just a really got the nice Mercedes, car. but, um, and it's too late to change my answer. No, so- it's not. No, I mean, it no, is no, just please, give it to tell us. Tell us what it was. You had it, please. Um, I would give Fitzgerald a flashlight because he needs one. Okay. That's true. That's That's like that's really a small one. luxury. I feel like I feel like a lot of the tension would have wouldn't have happened if he was going off in the woods and just having a good time. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, for all we know he was, just not that good of a time because a fleshlight is a better time, presumably, than his yeah. fro- frostbitten ass calloused hand. <laughs> those calloused frostbitten hands, yeah. I, I like those, um... but I understand why he wouldn't. They're like hooves. <laughs> no one likes that. I, nope. Speak for yourself. Look. I am speaking for all women and probably men also. No one wants to be hooved. No one wants that. Fingered, sure. Not hooved. Anyway. You're right. No one would want that. I'll be quiet too. <laughs> the thing that I noticed about five, like maybe 10 minutes into the movie um. I was like, 
I just want to reach in my pocket and hand them through the screen my chapstick. Because, <laughs> oh my god! That's, okay, so that is like sunscreen adjacent because that's part of the reason that's their lips saying. are so gentle. We're such girls because we're like you. You need to do something. Like, if you just felt moisturized, you would not be so angry. <laughs> Those lips were real. Crusty. So you know that moment in a Hangover where you... Fitzgerald, here's some Rogaine for you. We're gonna try. We're gonna try and grow that scalp back. You know that moment in a hangover where you remember to put lotion on your face, right? Like you wake up and you're like, I'm dying. I hate everything. You're trying to sip water and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I got that Glossier Extra Moisturizing Tub. And you put it on your face and it feels so cool. And you're like, I'm a person again. No, I, feel like, I always remember lotion. Well, I didn't discover that until like my late 20s. That's embarrassing. Like I, for, I mean, I use lotion. I just didn't realized that part of the reason I felt miserable when I was hungover was that my skin actually felt. I was so used to being yeah. oily for most of my life. So that by the time I got to my late 20s and I could get that like tight, miserable feeling without washing my face with noxema, I didn't recognize it. So once I figured it out, I, I, then I felt like a genius. I feel like if these, these guys don't know, you know they don't know that shit. They ain't never been there. If they just like got to moisturize some every this day. This is a hierarchy of need situation. They are not worried about crow's feet, bitch. They are not, not. Not crow's feet. I mean that feeling of like my face works. Yeah, they ain't worried about that either. They're worried about does my leg work. Well, no, it Can doesn't. Can I swim ashore what, with a broken leg? No, it does not. You are in like 33 degree water. No, your leg does not work. Just leave Isn't a pretty... that crazy how they just like would walk in the water? They just leave... walk, were in it. They were in there. Motherfucker, leave a pretty <laughs> corpse. You're going to die out here. Leave a pretty corpse. Let's go to the outline now. Okay. Did you guys think this movie was horror? It was adventure to me. I mean, I, I will say that my mo- my reoccurring stress dream is that I'm there's something chasing me like forever out in the world, kind of like it follows. And that's what I felt like was constantly happy happening with them is that they were constantly being hunted. But mm-hmm. but when you think about like horror, like, is it horror? I definitely think it's adventure also. Yeah. Like many like things was... can be true because he fights a bear twice. I mean, He's it's definitely horrific. Yeah. Well, okay. That's I think, fair. That's I mean, there's parts I that are I definitely think it was something that, uh, I think it was like an, an adventure a drama that had horrific elements. Mm-hmm. So the part where they get scalped was not scary to you? No, that was, that's, what I'm no saying. that's one of Horror the horrific parts. element. A drama can have scary moments. I mean, Schindler's List is a drama, not a horror movie to me, in my mind. But that doesn't mean that there are no scary or upsetting moments. So you, know, you like, feel like when he's drinking water and it comes out of his ripped open throat, uh, it's not hard. <laughs> I felt like that was, you know, like medical procedure stuff. I think there was a lot of body stuff. horror. A lot of body horror. Yes. Like a lot that's, of gore so and I'm I mean. not okay with gore. I don't sit well with it. So like there was definitely moments where I was like, oh, oh like horrific. Like, oh. Right. So like, and I, as I found like... So kind, there are kinds of gore that matter more to me. And this kind of like that very kind of medical, like he is hurt yeah. and trying to recover. Like that doesn't, that doesn't trip me up quite as much. So I didn't sit with me. If that is the case, what about the moment when the captain, uh, forget his name, um, is like, you're right. We have to keep going. Put a blindfold over his head. I'm going to mercy kill him. That wasn't horror to no, you? No, that was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
There's, no, that's what I'm saying. That's a horrific element. Oh, I can keep going. No, I don't think you can you just need agree to. with me now, or I can I, keep going. Already, I thought that her, I thought that when I said horrific elements, I was agreeing with you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that, yeah I'm not trying to argue more. with you. I'm saying that like, most, like there are there are generic definition of. I think that yeah, it's like it's like a true. story that yeah. uses the framework of a drama. In fact, this is the hero's journey. Yeah, to for sure. A goddamn T. All the right. Yeah transformations in all the right places the mentor the rebirth yeah. the return with the gift everything he, he, he gets born like four times in this movie For when he's real. coming out of that set like that, that, that horse carcass i was like so this is a vagina right guys i was watching it with two men and they were like what are you talking about that's a horse and i was like yes but many things can be true and then the guy i was dating was like mary Kay, don't like I agree with you, but like this is not the this. Neither of them said it was a tauntaun <laughs> because that's immediately what I thought. I was like, "Oh my god, he's in the tauntaun, bitch!" Because that happens in Star Wars. Because that scene in Star Wars is based on the same historical character. Um, that's actually I've never seen Star Wars. However, um, the adaptation was the next point that I wanted to make about because um, you you guys may have noticed that at the beginning this movie says it's based in part on historical events and then at the end it says it's um based in part um on the novel by michael punk which by the way i did pronounce it in the arrested development <laughs> style in my head before the audio narrator Q-K? was like punk yes i did say it that way <laughs> in my head um so there's like an author's note at the end that says basically hugh glass was a real guy but because it was so long ago um, the legend got mixed in with the history, which I feel like is the case anytime you're writing about a time period that long ago. Um, the movie, however, is much better suited for us because in the book, it is a Cowboys and Indians book. Like it is straight up Cowboys yes. and Indians. And I'm not, but here's the thing, right? That's probably how those characters would have viewed it then. Um, and, uh, I, I just, it was still a very good book. It just wasn't, I wasn't necessarily its target audience anymore. But when you put in, and by the way, just so y'all know, I do recommend reading the book. It is very well done. Um, however, the whole point, like, okay, so why does he seek revenge? Why does Hugh Glass seek revenge? Tell me right quick. His son is Yeah, dead. he's not in the book. There is yeah. no son in the book. Yeah, because the real That's Hugh Glass... That's crazy to me. Well, the real Hugh Glass didn't have a son or wife. So what... What was he... They just leave him for dead and steal his rifle, and that's why he goes after them. Well, and here's oh. the thing. In the, but in he's the... not mad about them leaving him for dead. He's mad about them stealing his rifle. Exactly. And so I was going to say, steal. the historical figure well, goes after these guys. Well, because like manhood, I mean... Well, no, here's right? the thing. It's not just... It, it's really a matter... It, it's a really pragmatic response, right? The historical mm-hmm. figure did survive being left for dead after a bear attack he did go down and find these men but when he found the younger guy instead of telling the captain he told him to his face i get it he lied to you we're fine and when he found Mm -hmm. the fitzgerald character he was like give me my fucking gun and when Mm -hmm. the guy was like fine i gave him the gun he just refused to acknowledge him refused to acknowledge that he was speaking to him and just like shunned him yeah like (laughs) unshunned yeah and left and just never acknowledged the man again but he had his gun back it was fine so in his in his world he had forgiven both of them (laughs) 
and everything was fine. But the thing is, he got why they did what they did. But they did leave a living man without a gun to either kill himself or defend himself. And, and that was not okay. Flint. They took his flint, too. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's not. Had he like, lived. You basically are killing someone when you take those. Uh-huh those means of defense and for of providing for themselves like mm-hmm. even in the movie there's like this one part where he's watching the elk cross the river and i said aloud even though the person i was watching this with hates it when i talk during movies i was like man i wish he had his rifle right now and then he pulls up that stick and he's like he does have his rifle and i'm like nope that's a stick when he's looking at them i was like oh, fuck it, what you gonna do what's your broke at look at your fucking body right now what you gonna do Oh, you shot an elk. What the fuck are you going to... You going to drag that out of the water? What are you going to do yeah. with that right now, Leo? He what you going to do? He said that fish trap. Okay. I mean, not trap, but you know trap. what I'm saying. Like the jetty thing. He has he... like 17 claw marks on his body and all of them are infected. However, in the book, they're they're actually infected. In this, in the movie, it's so cold that they are stalled from getting infected. Um, They are yellow. Oh, they're infected, but they don't have maggots in them like they do in the book. Well, the maggot, oh my god! Actually, oh my so, god! Indeed. So the real, yes. the real glass used maggots to clean the wound. Well, that's what you is, did then. Yeah, that's what you would do because yeah. they can't eat healthy flesh. They eat the dead flesh. Yeah. So yeah. So then they they die off, and well, that's they also how didn't he know survived. About fucking germs, and that you needed to wash your fucking hands. So. Fair and true. So the thing is, um, <laughs> so that's what actually. So the real glass did not encounter supportive figure he just stuffed his back full of maggots and went about his life which is like if i think about it like what i'm doing with myself emotionally what i was gonna say is (laughs) let them eat the dead heart flesh eat the dead my heart is dead (laughs) for maggots um so the main point that I wanted to make was Rachel was not story. laughing at any of this. She's yeah. like, they are she doesn't so think any of this stupid. is funny. She hates body horror, and we're just really leaning into it. Um, but I'm going to change the subject now, so Rachel, you can start listening again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm listening. I'm just trying not to vomit. Yeah. So we talked about somewhat like Glass is seeking revenge on Fitzgerald in the movie, which is what we're going to be talking about from here on out, pretty much. Um, because Fitzgerald killed his son. Um, but the it's supposed to be a story of revenge or a novel of revenge. And we do have Glass getting his revenge, but not really. Because at the end, when he could have killed Fitzgerald, he quotes the Pawnee, um, the Pawnee man. He's like, no, vengeance is in God's hands, not well, mine. I mean- his name is uh, like Kai Cook. Well, I feel like it. They never say his name. He might have been named. He he is named. He is he is like credited as. And also, that yeah, man was credited, a truck driver. Like, He's a truck driver. He was a truck driver in Texas, and he responded. Well, he did an excellent job. Incredible, right? He responded to yeah. a casting call. Like I don't know. And when they brought him up to Canada, and he was reading, he thought like you know I'm a truck driver from Texas. No one cares. Like I, it's going to be a bit part, you know. But at least they're casting actual like native actors. And then he realized what an important figure it was. And he could not get over the fact that this like big time director, he's going to be in this movie with Leo DiCaprio. And he was, he was a truck driver from Texas, but because they actually put out a cast, because they fucking put out a casting call with the right net, they ended up with this incredible performance from a guy who would never have even tried this before. 
you know? Like, when someone says, oh, we couldn't find the, the person, we couldn't find the actor, fuck you. Yeah, that's not true. Cast a different net. Try again. There's no way. Is it Hickok? Hickok. H-I-K-U-C. And his, his the actor's name is Arthur Redcloud. Yes, Redcloud. Yes. Yes. I thought he was fantastic. And honestly, he brought the only joy into that movie that yeah. there was. Like, oh, that when moment with the, with the snowflakes? With the snowflakes, yeah. So sweet. And, and then so after a minute, funny. it's like not even with the snowflakes. They're just kind of like sticking their tongue out. Right. Now they're just so playing around. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the but first. It was, so... it was the only time you see glass smile in the movie. Yeah. It is the only He's time like, in the entire movie human. that glass smiles. No, it is quantified. That's the only time he smiles ever in the movie. Yeah. But it's adorable. And then that for that moment, they have that like just kindred friendship for a moment. It's for like. And evening, and then he, um, Hickok puts him in the. I, I think it it was definitely a shelter, but it looked like a sweat lodge, so he could sweat out the fever. That's mm-hmm. what it looked like to me. Well, so and the then, and so, who knows how long he was in there too. So like, Red Cloud actually days. built that shelter. His his grandfather was a healer, mm-hmm. so he actually he personally built the that actor. shelter based on his, what his grandfather taught him. And the premise That's is so good. Yeah, so the premise One is that thing the I did love about this movie and the movie Wind River to me is that they did the due diligence. Like the creators were like, our protagonists are white, but we're gonna make sure that we do the representation. Also, I think well, this movie definitely did not like have any. I did not. I did not personally like recognize white saviorism mm-mm, mm-mm. in this movie. Nope. We have adjacent parties in this. Like, nope. Like, there is, That's there not is, the story there is here. good and evil and good intention and poor execution throughout. Absolutely yeah. all around. And yeah, I mean, the, the, part of the reason those two people could connect, Hickok and, and Glass could connect, was that they met in isolation. Yeah. Without the pressures of their respective societies, they could mm-hmm. they could deal with exactly what was in front of them, which was a man with more food than he could ever eat and a starving man. Mm-hmm. A sick man and a man with the capacity to heal him. Two dudes who I... love, fucking love eating snowflakes. Yeah. Like. Um, I, and they're both the lone survivors mm-hmm. of their groups. Yeah, he's trying to get south. Pon- uh, yeah. Hickok is right. Back to other Pawnee. Um, I think so, but I think that the, the people he was with died. Like they he were was, also attacked by yeah, because they were killed by the the Sioux, right? Oh, Sioux, you're right for sure. Uh, yeah. Before we get into the details of the tribes, I wanted to just while we were talking about Wind River, point out that um, this could have been a rape revenge story. Like that could have been what was happening here, but instead, I just love the way this play at, played out. Where Glass is like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker for my own reasons. But this guy is shitty on the way. So I'm going to let you do whatever you want to him. Because that's, I mean, you're, this is your vengeance. Like, here's my knife. Like, and she's like, I'm going to cut your balls off. And then she does it. Like, immediately from being victim into like, nope, we're done with this. And then she goes and finds her dad. And then they settle the score at the end. And that's like, cool, everybody is back to like new status quo. And that 
so fits into the hero's journey as well. And I just, I also felt like so often, like that could have been just a moment where it defines Glass's character, which is what you see in like Game of Thrones, right? Is like a woman is being raped. Oh, how does this man react to it? Which, which did happen, but also she gets her own agency back. And I thought that was cool. That's not what happens in Wind River exactly, but for Wind River, reason. Yeah, I mean, Wind River... It's just another... It's the trope coming back. That's its own, its own complication, and yes. I know, and I think that I think that we're probably going to mention River Wind River more than once between the similar... Like, between the way that, the, that nature features into the story, the way that... Um, yeah, the, between the climate and the like cultural friction. I think it's going to come up more than once. And- yeah, I was um, not expecting to see the rape of a native woman so so close together in time I frame. know, I didn't remember that when I picked this movie. I mean, I did in, to some degree, but not like that wasn't the part that stood no, out to I me. No, I know. Yeah. You weren't like, oh, um, another native woman rape movie. Let's Right, let's, let's watch it. another rape movie. You know, <laughs> you know what Rachel's going to love? <laughs> but that wasn't the the focus of this one. I no, think. I know, uh, and it wasn't the defining moments for either of those characters. Yeah, either, and, and I, I liked that. And the in Wind River, it was such a huge moment, and not not to like take away from you know the the no, horror. It, it, it of made it, sense but... that it was in that context to me. Like I, I understood why it was given the shape and weight that it was and mm-hmm. I understood that it was deliberately painful to watch mm-hmm. it just kind of also... like that scene in deliverance was really drawn out yeah it's oh because yeah. they were, the anticipation of it was like yeah worse and it's, than it's, happening. it's 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 horrible and it hurts and it's yeah it is horrible but then it's over so fast and then she gets her vengeance and yeah. she moves the fuck on here yes and that's here, great yes. Yeah, here in this one. And I just, I feel like that is so seldom the case in horror movies where it's, not that it's not important, but like there are more important things that happen to that woman. Yeah. Like that's not who it makes her. Also, what a shitty time to be alive for everyone. Just, I feel, you know, like. Everybody had it terrible. Honestly, I would have had it, honestly, I would have had it better up there than I did back in America. So like. Not cool. I mean, suck. But, like, not slavery suck? I mean, agreed, but very... <laughs> no, it would have been. No, there were... No, it was no, no, 1830s. This was in Canada, though. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Wait. The what? movie is not set in Canada. Yeah, it's, it's filmed in America. In Canada. Um, yeah, it's off the Missouri there, River. Yeah, but there were free blacks among the French trapping companies. They're actually yes, in the we movie. actually see them in the yeah. movie, yeah. In fact, um, in the original version of this script, like 10 years ago, Glass is black. The historical figure yeah, is not. Yeah, because it was going to be um, Samuel Jackson. It was going to be Sam Jackson. I don't, I don't think that would have... I, I love him deeply, but I don't think it would have been the movie that it is. It would have been, been a very different, been a different movie. DiCaprio. Different yeah. movie. And there are any number of black actors I would fucking pay. Pay good money to watch do this role now. Like, Leo DiCaprio did a great job. There are he a won number. An Oscar. Like it, he's incredible in yeah. this movie and in also, all of them. You know, this is his like overtime Oscar. You know, like yeah. he could have won it any number of times before now, but like then he hadn't, so they had to give it to him now. Even if this is not like his actual best performance of his career, I feel like it is 
It is one of his, if Here's not the, the thing, best, one of them. Is it the best performance in this movie? I do think so, but Tom Hardy is a close second. Here's the thing. For me, Tom Hardy is doing some shit like, I, what? At he, every oh, moment of this movie, uh-huh. I could not get over that character, that joke. performance. Go. He's incredible. I did not recognize him at first. Me Here's neither. Here's the thing about Tom Hardy. He is so sexy in real life, but every character that he's ever played, I've been like, ooh, gross. Just like Javier Bardem, right? Like, he's so sexy in real life, and then all of his characters are just Because you might have never seen Vicky Cristina Barcelona, huh? Yeah, he's nasty in that movie. Yeah, he is nasty. But he's still hot, but like nasty hot. He, but he's like Miss Jackson if you nasty in that one. Yeah. 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 Okay, anyway, so I wrote this down. So there's some dialogue in here. And I wrote it down while I was, first of all, this is, it, <laughs> it made me laugh a little bit because this is the first movie that I've watched for this podcast with this new man that I'm dating. And he like we were eating while we were watching the beginning and he's like, shouldn't you be like taking notes or something? And I was like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you baby hoe. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take notes. First I have to get fed. I can't take notes at the beginning. I don't what know what's I'm going gonna, on yet. What the fuck I'm going to write down with an empty stomach? Burritos over interested. and over? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so there's this, there's this dialogue. Um, I ain't afraid to die anymore. I done it already. I got him trapped. He just doesn't know it yet. So I wrote that down. And then I wrote under it, me too, Tom Hardy. <laughs> and he said, he looked at my notes afterward and he goes, Tom Hardy didn't say that. And I was like, no, I have Tom Hardy trapped. <laughs> Rachel, are you frozen no. or is your head on the desk? <laughs> but back to like, you know, what we were saying, like, is, is Leo's performance the best in this? And I thought they both won awards for this. They they did because they Tom did. Hardy, won Hardy Best didn't win. Hardy and but when I but not just like when I I mean not just in his performance in itself because like he he without having any dialogue was able to say so much. Oh my like gosh, there's like six lines when he wasn't able to speak because he was so yeah. injured he couldn't speak. You there was the during when he was son was being murdered and then even when. Um, uh, Bridger came back and he's like, where's Hawk? And you can hear him saying, like, but not saying yeah. what was happening. And, and then also when I was looking at all the behind the scenes stuff and it's not just the performance itself, but the work that Leo put in it. So when he's biting into the, um, yeah, yeah. the yeah. liver and then he they gave him a fake one, and he asked. Because he's vegetarian. I don't know, but no, no, he is. Point. He is. He's he's vegetarian. Okay. So they gave well, him like a what's like gelatin or something, right? I don't know. What were you? What well, were you anyway, saying? so he requested. No, I need a. It's not the right consistency. I need a real raw liver, and because it wasn't the fake one, just wasn't looking real enough for him, and. Also, what I thought was really not funny, but what made it so real was that a lot of his um, the phlegm because he was so sick because it was so cold that he was constantly having a really bad cold. And so 
somebody had said something about like how did they get the consistency of the phlegm whenever he would like spit up and they're like no that's just that was his real phlegm oh yeah but the biggest like determining factor in all of like like tech artistry everything was the fact that Inyaritu and his cinematographer were determined to shoot with natural light mm-hmm. and it just like that shit changes fuck yeah your schedule, your timing, oh, for sure. yeah. everything. And they were so remote, too, like, just getting So, there. like, she she was mentioning it, and, you know, like, yeah, Flemma, he caught the flu four times because this took oh, nine months to shoot. Like, Rachel was not kidding. Like, he fucking, he took, he learned multiple, like, he learned multiple native languages. He... I always think that's so hot when the guy who does not have to learn the native languages does it anyway. Yes, I have such, such respect for him. Oh, yeah. And you know that they even, um, because like with the fight scenes, with like hacking at each other, that oh they had to teach them how to sh- how to like throw an axe. They had to like go into training for it, and they did it so often. And um, Leo was such a natural that he was throwing bets. Like, I bet you twenty <laughs> bucks I can hit this or whatever. But it turns out that like years ago, I don't remember what movie it was. It was like ten years ago that he had already done the training for another movie. I, just, I can't remember which one it was. That's awesome. <laughs> he was like. Hustling He's them. been practicing for 15 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> the attack on the camp early in the movie, they spent a month rehearsing. Twice they recorded it. Two takes. It's incredible. It's, it's astonishing. Incredible. It's beautiful photography. It's beautiful yes. staging. It is gruesome. Like The imagery itself is horrifying. Mm-hmm. The actual work to capture it. And, and communicate it clearly is beautifully executed. I also, and I think Rachel and I, you both, both of us wrote this down, but especially in that opening scene and then in the showdown at the end, the camera is constantly moving. It's like in between the fight and it's like on top and then it's from underneath. And then that was incredible. So, so cool and you just know that camera person had to be agile as fuck yeah like they were just like don't hit me with the tomahawk okay i'm in the west like it's just it's so cool and it's disorienting too and i also think especially in that first scene so much of it is shot from below so that you can see how exposed they are especially because when they look up in the trees, we look up in the trees and also see nothing. We just see those flaming arrows go across. And it's mm, like, yeah. oh shit, where where are they though? Like really though, where are they? Mm-hmm. Also, how advanced is your bullshit that you are invisible with our technologies? Anyway, so there's that. And then there's also in the final fight scene and in the scenes yeah. with the bear, it is so slow like people are fighting so slowly and i just love that because that's how fights in real life are like you don't land a ton of punches in a row you -hmm. get tired and the other person gets tired and they're like fucking we're going back in like it's just yeah you're not watching the highlights it's very tense the whole time um one of the other things that i think develops that in this movie um is when he's all, I, I can't remember exactly. He's walking fine. He, it's towards the end 
but um, it looks like water. And then it turns out it's just snow co going over a frozen river, and he's walking on the river. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like all white, and then you realize you're zooming in on him. You don't even see him at first. I don't know how they did that. It's beautiful. It's amazing, and it's also terrifying because of that snow that's coming down that you're about to sleep in. Like, that's terrifying. And I think that's one of the things we wanted to talk about up here, right, is like whose revenge is it? It's nature. Repeatedly, we see that you know, as, much, as much as the humans try to post up on one another about who, who deserves what and who got their, who got their first and who, who owns what, the actual say comes down to nature every time. All nature has to do is persist. Yeah, and how well can you work with nature? How well can you adapt to it? Because I yeah. think that like glass and um, Fitzgerald. Thank you. I was going to call him frankincense, and I was like, that's obviously wrong. That's Christmas. But yes, thank you, Fitzgerald. So glass and Fitzgerald are each these incredibly like cling to life, pragmatic, badass motherfuckers. One of them, though, is looking at his life and going, like, how do I navigate my social structure? And one of them is, like, how do I navigate my natural environment? Right? So, like, Fitzgerald's big problem is not can I survive the elements. It's how quickly can I get back to my thing? How quickly can I get back to the camp? And then how do I convince the camp that it's okay that I'm back? No, I don't think so. I don't I, think that is his goal. Well, then why does he bother to, like, kill Hawk and abandon? Isn't he trying no, to get back? He says it. He says outright, I ain't got no life. I only I'm got living. living. And the only way I was doing that is through those pelts you just lost. That's what I'm saying. So, so he has to get back because there's $300 waiting for him. But yeah, but he's not trying. Yeah. No. He, no, he wouldn't have He's trying Hawk. to survive. He he is also. I like Fitzgerald. No, no, I know me that's too. Unpopular, me too. But no, 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 no. I, I think we are in agreement and I'm just not expressing myself clearly. I admire the shit out of Fitzgerald and I don't know if I would make the same choices as either of these men I have like all of that is terrifying to me but I do think they're operating from kind of a similar animus which is like just fucking get through it like I don't think that is what's happening with glass I think that Fitzgerald is trying to survive and get on his feet and then go back to I think he's from Arkansas that's what he sounds Texas. like no, Arkansas, he, said, keeps, Texas. he keeps saying Texas yeah, but that doesn't mean that he's necessarily from. Oh, no, no, he doesn't not sound from. like Texas I'm sorry. to me. I'm sorry. He wants to get back. Um, he wants to go to Texas. That's where he wants to end up. Okay. Well, um, that's his goal. And the mm -hmm. quickest way he can get there is by um, getting back. So I don't think that he's trying to get back to the camp to get back to the camp and be okay with, like, with his society. He's trying to get the fuck out of there, which I don't blame him for. Like, whenever mm -hmm. they're like, who wants to stay behind? He's like... No, 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 no like, that's what I'm absolutely saying. not. That's he's like, not... you need to kill this man, put him out of his misery, because that's what I would want. And he's trying to give Glass an out, and Glass is like, no, I don't want to die. And that's the part that I don't really understand. I mean, I guess I, I would get it if I had a son that I needed to take care of. Right, right. But I don't think that, I mean, I understand every, like, every time Fitzgerald would open his mouth, I'd be like, you're making a lot of good points. I'm like, I know, like, you're, you're on it. Here's the thing. That's what I meant. Is that what their ultimate, like, based on what their goal is, their ultimate, like, 
antagonist is different. So if if Fitzgerald's goal is end up down south of the plot of land, what he has to do is get back and get his money and get south. He's not going to get his money unless he can get south and make his case that like he did it right. He doesn't even have to make that case, though. That's what I'm saying. Is like he's he's like fuck everybody else. I have to look out for me, which is what we have in horror movies when there's survival involved. We always are like, "You're stupid. You shouldn't be taking care of everyone else. You need to go survive for yourself." And he does that and turns into the villain in this movie. And I don't think that's necessarily fair, especially because it's Tom Hardy. Part of the <laughs> Like, that was a genius move, tricking that kid. Because the kid's morality would have let him die. And I identify the most with that kid. Because I would have froze to death beside my daddy. Like, that's exactly what I would have done. Even if he was like, you need to leave, I would have been like, no. I just, I don't have a horror horror movie survival skill set at all. Like, I just, not not when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, I was thinking about that earlier when I was rewatching today. Um... I don't know if y'all listeners remember when we were talking way back through multiple zombie movies about like who would get through the zombie movie. And I was always like, no, like if I care about you, I'm like, I'm going to make it happen. Right. Mary Kay and I was saying like, there are people in your life, right? That she would. Oh yeah. I'd shoot you both in the face. Right. And I was like, if you, if you, if you tried to tell me at any point in your life that like I would survive the zombie apocalypse because I would do it no matter what, like I've got it no matter what. But you don't identify with Fitzgerald in this movie? No, I do. Fuck yourself all the way off. Not you, person. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Like, if you could say those two, if you could say, I would do whatever it takes and I don't get Fitzgerald, then fuck all the way off. You're just, like, factually wrong. No, I, there's a difference, though, when someone is a zombie and you know they're not coming back to being human versus when someone is potentially on their deathbed but maybe not. That's true. That's true. I think that's a big distinction. But I meant I meant more like the whole zombie apocalypse. Like when you're like, I would kill people who came. I would. I would. It no, doesn't matter. That I'm part like, I couldn't do. Like that. No. That's 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 a whole ass scary thing. Like, could I kill someone I loved if they oh, were already other a zombie? People? Yeah, not anybody I knew. If I that's if different. I if you became a zombie, Mary Kay, I would stab your brains all the way out. Thank because you. I love you. Thank you, Rachel. And then you would have peace with knowing that you did the right thing. Rachel, if you became Rachel, a zombie, are you dead? Are I, you okay? I mean, I, I mean, I love that you guys are seeing this in like a very realistic way. I <laughs> saw this in just the very just cinematography way, and it's just that he's presented as the villain, and that's he just totally how I'm is. gonna see him. Like, Rachel, I'm, if you became a zombie, I would put you on a cool little handcuff, and we would be best friends forever. And okay, I would just keep so- feeding you rotted flesh so we could be buddies. Would you like that? You would you would feed me what? Like rotted flesh. Oh, I thought you said erotic flesh. I'm like, what is that like? <laughs> oh, I could feed you rotted erotic flesh. No, please just find the the creepiest guy, the worst villain guy, and give me just the whole the whole go the whole nine yards. Seduce him and then bring it bring him to me while he's hard. Huh. And you will eat his like hard dead penis. <laughs> this is now becoming a new horror movie. This is not this is just a bad porn. 
I mean, I feel like if we're watching a different movie and it wasn't Tom Hardy, I don't think we would be trying as hard to identify because he's presented. I can't. Yeah. I can't believe that Mary is sympathizing with someone who says the N word. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I well, I about that. If I couldn't do that, then I couldn't watch half of movies. Um, also, right. I couldn't watch any Quentin Tarantino movie ever. So yeah, um, true. And isn't it? And this is just something that pissed me off. But like, even when he's insulting another ethnicity, he's also insulting black people. <laughs> Glass as well. And even in that tough love scene, which is really hard to watch when Hawk is trying to defend himself in yeah. glass. And he's like, shut up, shut yeah. up. And he's like, well, at least they heard me. And he's like, they didn't know. Like, yeah. you need to know that they're not hearing you. And I don't love you any less. You don't have the same, like, pull as these other dudes do. And it sucks. Yeah. Again, when... um. I don't know if it was that same scene or if it was another one when Hawk... Yeah, it was another scene when Hawk was um like defending them and glass was yelling at him he's like you don't listen you don't listen and then it, it was just that that escalation like the first time it happened and the second time he's saying you don't listen you don't listen and then of course the big fight that happens and again he doesn't listen he just reacts yeah i did like how before he went and got attacked by that bear twice he was he I don't know. It's just like such a tough love dude thing to do yeah. where he just like comes up on him when he's like pretending to be asleep and he's like, hey, you're my son. Yeah. You're also, son. here's the thing. The event, like the threshold crossing that sets everything else in motion is a parent attacking on behalf of their child. It's a mother bear mm-hmm. attacking because she has cubs. Like we see them. Yeah. She has cubs and she attacks. Also, that event could have been not the threshold crossing, or not, not not nearly as severe, right? He's attacked. She starts to walk away. She turns back to double check, make sure he's going to stay laid down. But he's busy cocking his gun and he fires. When she comes back at him. She's walking back. I have to imagine she might have been less chill had she not been hit by a bullet. She if already had, attacked him. That's what I'm saying. If he had laid there, if he'd played dead. But he didn't shoot her until she was coming back. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, she'd already hit him, right? You know. But like Mary Kay was trying to say was that, well, she was coming back. And I feel like she was going to kind of like in like in war, you do like a headshot. Just even if they're playing dead, you just got to be sure. So I feel like because then it ties in again at the very end when um, he tricks um, Fitzgerald because Fitzgerald's. Cup, like he shoots him and then he kind of does the same kind of same sort of trick as pretend to be I know it wasn't him specifically but that's where I thought they were going to go I thought it was going to be like mm-hmm. he, he pretended to be shot to get him to come close to shoot him which he, he ultimately did do just with a, well, I think a it's decoy. just it's kind of a smart setup right at this like it gives you this like feeling of what if like just enough ambiguity right like was she what was she coming back to do we'll never know because what? he shot yes, her. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do know. No, I don't know. Inside She's of coming a bear's back to drag brain. him to her kids so they so they can eat him. They don't That's exactly like... what bears do. They don't. Yes, like just humans. like every other animal. No, they eat vegetables. They're omnivores. They don't eat humans. They don't like them. I don't believe you. Arthur Shelby says oh you got to give him credit for taking that grizz down with him. So a point that you were making earlier, Mary, about um, 
whose revenge is it? Is it nature's? I feel like nature very much was a character in this movie and they and there was an element of revenge because like no matter which way you look at it of why or the motivation between who attacked who and for what purpose the fact of the matter is the bear did die and there's all these other elements of ways that maybe not for that reason but nature does have reactions just everything that seemed to happen like with the elements like for example, when he goes into the river and he just he just barely tries to um, kind of scoot behind a rock to not be in sight. <laughs> yeah. And then nature is like, no, this ain't going to be a little scoot scoot. This is going to be a whole dive. We're going to he he went down like these rapids. I'm like, yeah. how, he like can't move. How did he survive those rapids around these rocks? There were just so many moments that I was like. I'm just going to keep suspending my disbelief mm-hmm. here. Like how, I mean, I'm on board because I'm enjoying this so much, but just like, really? He still has fingers at the end of this? Yeah. and I think I've been in water, but it's not even so... that cold. And I... I feel like that's what, when you talk about the hero's journey, I feel like that really made him like this hero that he was able to overcome all of nature's attempts to, um, kind of weed him out you know like what they say like uh the strongest survive um what do they call it what is that thing what is that thing they say survival of the fittest survival of the fittest god damn i don't go to school <laughs> i don't know how to read you said you it. guys didn't know that i'm illiterate but guess what it's <laughs> not true but he he overcomes like you said how does he still have fingers <laughs> it was so cold everywhere but then, honestly, so all these there were a few moments where I was like, "Damn, you really got in your own way." So like, Fitzgerald buries him in the earth, and I was like, "That kept him warm, my buddy." Yeah, they kept you alive. <laughs> I also, <laughs> I also was like, I cannot believe he is digging this grave. He's been at it for hours, and there's that ground is so frozen. Yeah made no progress at all like i would be frustrated too i'd be like no it's fine just leave him and then he that's what helps him survive Uh, that was the first (laughs) time he was reborn not counting the horse go camping y'all let alone sleep inside a horse carcass look oh i wish you guys were with me when i saw this happening i'm like because i saw him when you saw a horse carcass birth i'm like you better not you better not be taking out those you better not be trying to get inside that horse you put (laughs) you put those guts back you are not getting inside oh god he's getting inside (laughs) hey target audience if you're enjoying this episode so far (laughs) and you like it when we talk about guts being flung apart all over the place then um please follow subscribe Hit up our social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Also, send us money just like in envelopes unmarked. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That last thing was... You can just Venmo us. That's too risky. Unmarked envelopes? Anybody can pick that up. I just thought that was funny. Believe you now because I know you are busy. (laughs) That's what I want everyone to say when they give me money. I believe you now because I know that you are busy. You just need to employ a few Luca Brazzi's and... I wanted to defend Fitzgerald some more. Mm. Please do. Because here's the thing. He's He's hot. a lot of things. Well, not in Mm. this. Is he? Still, I mean. That was my question. Could he get it? 
Could he get? He could get it with those hoof hands and the he could get head. it. I, I would, can't have a patchwork quilt head. You gotta pick a thing. <laughs> to be fair to him, I'm not sure that he picked where his hair turned out. Yeah, but also, when it starts going, you get rid of all of it. You pick that thing. That thing has been chosen. Also, when he's describing the experience of being scalped. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. I held my breath. I was like, stop. Stop. I, I told Tom Hardy to stop, you guys. Like, that's how <laughs> I told Tom Hardy. Are you okay? Should you take your pulse? Oh, my God. I would be so excited if somebody retweeted us with, like, patchwork quilt hair defense. <laughs> like listen <laughs> and then it's just like a master's thesis with like like oh, I I realized something about myself watching this movie I was okay with that hair configuration as Why? long as it was on Tom Hardy Mary you thirsty what okay so here's the other thing I wanted to defend Fitzgerald about okay and it's going to be unpopular, but I just have to try to put myself in his oh, shoes. Oh, boy. Hold on. Let me, take, let me take some more of this whiskey first. After, okay, take a sip. <laughs> like that Instagram picture you posted where she's drinking like a three-gallon wine glass because her Uber is arriving. <laughs> it's like the shining elevators. Anyway, okay. So they just got attacked by a tribe of Arikara, right? They just got attacked. Okay. And right after that, they're getting off the boat, and half of their team is just like, fuck it, we're not going. We're going to stay on the boat. Mm-hmm. And so then Fitzgerald is like, they did the right thing. They did the right thing. That's what I should have done. And then he's immediately lashes out at Hawk and Glass because he is terrified of being attacked again, and he can't distinguish teams. Like, he can't, he can't tell that Hawk is Pawnee and that the Arikara or the Re, as they're called sometimes, um, are the ones who are the bloodthirsty ones. Like, he can't tell that the Pawnee are the friendly ones. Like, they are fine. Like, they, there's, they are the ones whose village gets burned down by the Arikara. But he gets, he gets scared. He's been scalped. And the way that he described it was like, I would be scared of everyone who looked like that too. If I had no other experience with it, that would be fucking terrifying. It's it's like it's less racism when it's coming off of an actual trauma of being scalped. Um, so there's that. And when he was describing that, I was like, oh, that's why you are so unsettled and full of anxiety is because you're terrified. No one else feels that gravity like, like he does. Um, also, he says he wants to go back to Texas because... He's talking, I think he's talking about the Pawnee without knowing that yeah. he's talking about he says, the Pawnee. Yeah. He says, um, them engines down Texas way, they might rob you, but they ain't going to take your top knot. So there's that. And then we also have, while we're talking about this distinction, the um, Arikara warrior, whose name I don't know, who's trying to find his daughter, uh, Palaka. Who we see. Yeah. What's his name? No, I just meant we saw his daughter. Oh, yeah. So everyone in this movie is defending their child. That's what I'm saying. Like, so like even the the tribes that we see that are really proactive in their 
like kind of like military engagement, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is agenda. There is, there is goal. There is, there's meaning in that action. Let's talk about the fucking French here. They're the real bad guys. That's what the French said when they hung him up. So, well, the French is they're terrible in this movie. In the book, they're not. In the movie, they are. Mm-hmm. It's um, just business, they say. But didn't didn't that one French man didn't he didn't he kept saying no no no? But then he did waver and gave them not one but two, not three but five horses. <laughs> He gave them five fucking horses when he said they weren't going to get in. It was such an elegant escalation. Not one, but two. Not three, but five. That was poetry. That was a Rupi Kaur poem. Um, I think that they kind of make him give them horses. They kind of strong arm him into it. Yeah, he seemed like the more pussy one of the the group. Not the group, but of of this meeting. That guy was not, he was, he was not leaving without some horses. He was not leaving without some no. horses. He's like, and I know you got my girl here too. I'm gonna circle back around and get her in a minute. You want to talk about the kid? Which kid, Hawk? Nope. Bridger. Uh, yeah, Bridger. Can I just say before we get into Bridger that he looks like the villain kid in Toy Story? He is. He That's what he dressed up as his Halloween. Really? Yeah, he knows yeah. that. That's his exact He's aware. face. Yeah, because that's the guy that's from um, from Bandersnatch. Exactly. Thank you. He's in a bunch of other stuff too. He's, he is. He's incredible. He's, he nails it every time, and every time I think like, oh, I could never see him as anything else. Like he's so weird right. looking, and then every time I'm like, no, I got it. <laughs> yeah. No, he's incredible, and he just has like that iconic look that you get once in a while, where it's like, yeah, you can make this work. Like uh, Willem Dafoe is kind of like that. For yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I got to meet him um, once. He's a very kind person. In that kid in um, Stranger Things? Is Willem Dafoe oh. the kid in Stranger Things? No, no, she's in- saying and him. He has a unique look, too. <laughs> the one with the oh, teeth? Oh, I was like, yeah. Thereof. Totally. What's his name? Yes, yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was really lovely. He's he's so like gullible and good-hearted and yes. like after the fact figuring shit out. But I did love that he gave him that claw. And yeah, that that like, gesture. That and he's like that it's not for me. What kind of kid do you think I am? Like of course not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my heart I, bled I, for Bridger. Oh my gosh. He was the so bad too. I was really glad that when Glass like you know, was like warm yeah. enough to fucking talk, right? He was like, yeah, no, he, he ain't no better. He like, never he's talks, so right, though, because he's had his throat that. cut. That's crazy. Like, he talks like that woman in uh, The Eyes of My Mother. Yeah. Wasn't that his canteen? Yes. Yeah. He left him his water. That was Bridger's canteen that he left. And I love with. that it came back, and that's how they, and that's how um, mm-hmm. Fitzgerald. Maybe Hawk. Mm-hmm. That's how Maybe Fitz- Hawk. I gotta go. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, Rachel, I'm sorry. Um, and that's how, and that's why, how when it got to the scene where they they found that canteen, and yeah, like you're saying, he thought it was Hawk because he didn't know what happened to Hawk, and everyone, the entire audience knows the only one who knows what that means is Fitzgerald, and that yeah. when we were talking earlier about the horrific elements, that moment 
to me for someone with like even just like the most general like anxiety that moment was like i can't imagine being in Fitzgerald's shoes and being like oh shit i need to get the fuck out like i can't imagine that kind of panic attack that he is like not wearing on his face yeah he squashes that way down inside <laughs> maybe it is maybe it, take maybe everything it. out that oh, safe God. Yep. <laughs> and just GTFO. <laughs> Later. Do y'all want to talk about the weather? Yes, please. Okay, please. do it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've talked about the weather having, like, a whole ass, like, character in this, right? Like, it, 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 yeah. for real, it's important. And sound-wise, it is huge. This is the loudest, quiet movie yeah. of all time. It does a beautiful job of capturing how loud the silent outdoors actually is. I mean, it is, it's, it's almost inundation. It can be exhausting. And they still had to move their ass all the way down to Argentina because seasons fucking change. And if you're trying to shoot in natural light, you run out of season and in Argentina, it was winter. So it cost them a fucking, you know, 10, 20, 30 million dollar process. But they had to go down to Argentina to do it. Like the weather was critical, especially critical because it had to be mostly naturally occurring because they were shooting with natural light. I thought they started in Argentina, but because of the climate change, that's why they moved to Canada. Well, and also it's cheaper in Canada. They started in Canada because it's cheaper oh. in Canada. And then oh. um, the Chinookwins in Canada are, are they're, they're an ongoing thing. That's not related to climate change particularly. So it's normal for Canada well, to get like spring winds, midwinter, just like all of a sudden for like a week or two. And uh, so that happened during this production, unfortunately, you know, for the sake of production. So they had to migrate to make sure they were getting proper winter for the sake of shooting. And Leo um, thought that, you know, like he, I think he said it in interviews, like, oh, yeah, you know, global warming. We couldn't even shoot in Canada in winter. And Canadians yeah. were like, oh, honey. Oh, this happens every year. He is. He is a climate change warrior and he is like. He is on it. Like, oh my God. Like, the, the yeah, kind Mary of work Kay, he is you, doing. Um, will you quote what you um, were like, re quote? Because you, you posted about it, what you wrote for that post for a book riot about what Leo said fear and respect mm -hmm. for. About, uh, for, for nature? Oh, that was from the Mindy Project. Yeah, that was Danny Castellano. Yeah. Wait, what? No, I wish it was him. Yeah, he said, I fear the ocean out of respect. That's how I feel about cows and horses. Oh. Yeah. Because, <laughs> see, it was, like, pasted on a picture of Leo in. in oh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, true. <laughs> so I, like, I was like, wow, Leo, you're so deep. Like, of course you love nature. And a no, he is. Climate change he is, like, a super... Like he is like a he super is, environmentalist. Though, yeah. I know he, he is, is, but I thought that that was a, a quote from Leo. <laughs> <laughs> you see how much no, no. I told you guys I'm illiterate. <laughs> no, you just like saw a, a fucking Appalachian a quick... mountain hillbilly. 
Nah, uh, yeah. So like Leo in his earnestness, you know, was like, you know, climate change. And then the Canadians were like, hey, hey, like we, we got to like, we got to talk to you about this. Like, that's that's not what's happening here. Not specifically here. Like climate change, real. Chinookwins, Canada, also real. Different thing. So, um, yeah, so they had to go out down to Argentina and finish, which is part of the reason it took so long and got so expensive. Um, also, part of the reason it looks so beautiful. Those That wind, though, man. Outrageous. I think I said it, but, like, seeing that on screen Outrageous. And they somehow did this thing where they would fog up the camera lens or, like, when it was getting splattered with water when he was going down the rapids oh, where God. it was, like this is really happening. Like, I don't know how they did it so that it didn't look like accidental, but they did. And it was, it was incredible. Well, I, I would imagine they did that yeah, a bunch of times very beautiful. to get the right, yeah. like set up, but it's, it's beautiful. It's really, it's a really fascinating choice, right? Because this yeah. is not meant to be fourth wall breaking overall. No, right, right. Inyaritu just decided, like, oh, this is, yeah, like, we know there's a camera there. Like, obviously, this isn't real, so we're doing it. What the fuck? Yeah, but for some, and also, for some reason, like, that makes it feel more real. I know. Like, it's, 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 like, you can that almost, like, kind of feel, like, the heat from the fog. Yeah, like, the there's scene. that moment where he's breathing onto the lens, and then it, then they have this, like, graphic match to the next shot of, like, the mist on the mountains. Yeah, and then, like, somebody's smoking. And it was very, um, um, and it, there was so much emphasis on smoke, either through like vapor, steam, fog, smoke, you know, that it, it really kind of added to um, how fucking cold it is by making the, mm-hmm. the, the steam from whatever little bit of heat there is so dramatic. Yeah. This is one of those movies where I, I was much more aware of like angle and sound yeah. than I usually am because yeah, they won, like a major award for their work for their camera Cinem- work. I believe well it. cinematography yes, yes yes because because lighting wise because they they were working with natural light I was so much more aware of everything else the camera could be doing and the sound was just it was wild like I kept being almost distracted by how dense and beautiful it was, you know? Yeah. Should we wrap it up? What should our closer question be? Um, what animal would defeat you in the, would almost defeat you in the wild? Uh, I think that's a good question um, because mine would be a maggot. One single <laughs> maggot. <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> that is how You're well like I would done. do Yeah, like one spider. Nature. Yeah, I'm going to go with one spider. Yeah. One spider? That's it? You'd be done? Mm-hmm. Even if it didn't bite yeah, you? Agree, it just, no, like, existed? defeat me. That's what you asked. Okay, one spider would defeat me. A maggot. <laughs> okay, well, that's what I'm asking. Not. So, like, like a grizzly bear almost defeated glass. So what would yeah, be that, that animal glass. for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> so it would be a maggot, a spider. I think my almost defeat would have to be a dog. I was going I... to say that for you. Because I, because I like them generally, you know, and I've grown up with like bigger, please stop. Like I have also, one right tough. now who's like, please be my friend. I just want to make licking noises like that ruin your recording dog, forever. I feel like you 
would tossle and you would be injured like the bear, but you would be ultimately undefeated. Yeah, that's the thing. Like this dude, the dog that is like desperately trying to get me to love on him right now could kill me so easily. Like if he decided to, he would, he'd be done with me in like 30 seconds. But he's instead like desperately putting his face in my lap, like pet me harder. So if a dog that was super cute wanted my attention and then tried to kill me, yeah, that would be tough. So what's up next? We're going to talk about the movie It Comes at Night, which is on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you're welcome that we're picking movies you don't have to pay for. Woo! It has a great cast. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's mysterious. You'll laugh. You'll cry. Kidding. But you <laughs> might be scared. I think all of that's true. <laughs> that's the dream. That's what we're going for. So thank y'all so much for listening. Don't forget to do the things. And we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy 2020. Happy New Year, ho. Let's leave 2019 in the we goddamn flaming so garbage. We love you so much. 